This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Matt Karasik. Matt is the Chief Product Officer at Habu. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, Matt, let's start with yourself. Could you give us an overview of your journey in technology, from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and what's led you to where you are today as the Chief Product Officer for Habu? Sure, sure. I'm happy to go all the way back and I'll, I'll make the older stuff go faster. But I went off to college thinking I wanted to be a doctor, did two years of pre-med, quickly realized I didn't want to be a doctor, thought I then want to be a businessman, went into finance. And then after I was at a financial internship and there was a whole bunch of us interns pressing a bunch of buttons, I walked up to a guy and said, I'm pretty sure you should be able to press six buttons and have all of this stuff just done instead of having all of us do what we do. He said, I'll have another intern like you here tomorrow. You build me those six buttons. Played around and uh, in, in doing that, figured out working with data and technology was much more what I wanted to do than business. Realized computer science would take another three years at school. So instead just got to work and, and started my career as a software engineer. Quickly realized I wasn't a very good software engineer, but could understand what the problems that we, people were trying to solve and how to go about solving them and find my way more into a product. Joined, got into the data-driven advertising and marketing space at DoubleClick early on. And it wasn't long before all of a sudden I was starting to work on products that was dealing with large volumes of raw data and the power of what it could unlock found ourselves licensing tools for six, seven figures that could do things like logistical regression and ETL faster, which is funny to think about the words data science. I don't think I'd ever heard people put those two words next to each other by that time, let alone something as, as simple as maybe a scikit-learn being on your laptop up and running in a matter of seconds. Stayed in and around the, the digital marketing space, always working on technology products that helped access or, or leverage the power of data to make things work better. Quickly found myself at an early stage startup where we had an ad network and we had helped convince many hundreds of retailers that if we could put their data together in a protected and safe way, the whole group could benefit in a privacy and in competitive safe way. And we grew that business and sold it to Akamai in late 2008. That's where I ran into our now, uh, our founder and CEO, Matt Kilmartin. So when Matt, fast forward a few years, when Matt called me and, and said, hey, we're working on Habu, helping organizations access data that they are losing access to and, and maybe even accessing data that they've never had access to, here's what we're up to. It sounded like a perfect fit for me. And so I've been here at Habu for the last eight months and really watching the space we're in really take off. 
Amazing. And thank you for sharing your journey. And it's great to hear about the natural progression of your role that's led to where you are today. And you've already touched on it a little bit, but if we can just take a, a brief step back and, and, and give a complete overview as to, to Habu. So who are Habu as a business? What is the mission of the organization? What industry are you operating in? And, and then we can jump into the product behind it and, and then obviously the technology at the core that's driving this forward. Yeah, perfect. So Habu, we are, we're a, a software company. We provide data collaboration software or the moniker that's very popular to, to give it a name is clean room software. And what we do is we help companies join distributed data sets. And I'll talk through what that means in a second, or sometimes it's not just data sets, but it might be code, but I'll get to that in a second to join distributed data sets that have some friction between getting them joined. And so we get that friction to go away so that they can be joined and then automate the end-to-end -end business applications that the join can power, be it in use cases in marketing and advertising or in, in, in use cases outside of marketing and advertising, such as product and R&D or operations, et cetera. In terms of accessing data and distributed data, what are we talking about? Mo almost no enterprise is really able to consolidate all of their data in one place, right? If even if you say, hey, we're going to be a, a GCP shop or an AWS shop, if you spend money in advertising in more than one of the large platforms, chances are if you want to access the data that you need to, you're already going to have to work in their cloud as well as whichever one is your primary. So what we're seeing is that organizations themselves are not able to centralize their data, let alone the chances that all of the partners they want to commingle their data with in a protected way are not all on the same platform. And so rather than calling up your partner and saying, hey, can you get IT to move those 10 terabytes of data from wherever it is now over to our platform of choice, it's a comical ask. It, it'll, the answer is always no. What our software is able to do is go in, go to where the data lives without having to move it. And, and so that sort of deals with the, the distributed data piece. The next hurdle is even if a part, you know, two partners say, hey, if we commingled our data, we could do X together. Where and X may be something that they're mutually aligned on, but the problem is by commingling their data, chances are Z, Q, and R could also occur. And maybe legal or business has a reason why Z, Q, R is not allowed. And so because ZQ and R were possible, it's blocked collaboration between those types of partners for decades. Cleanroom software then covers that second piece, which is allowing these partners to identify what the end goal output or end game is, and then turn off and put in controls and transparency to make sure that is the only thing. So in, essence, in essence, that ZQ and R are shut off, they're not possible, and only that X that were, was mutually aligned is possible. And so what Habu Software does is let product or business teams be able to easily get their data sets into a clean room, be able to join them in a very protected and transparent way, and then automate the end-to-end -end application of that the join can power. 
Matt, that was super helpful to to understand the framing of the industry and the problem, which then leads nicely into what Habu are doing. You mentioned there the automation side, so I'd love to spend a bit of time understanding what happens behind the scenes. Obviously, your role is chief product officer. You're you're dealing with the customers and helping them understand the journey, but at its core, you're a tech guy yourself and you have a foundational base in understanding all of this. So can you give us some insight into the how behind it all, what the what it looks like to be part of the data team and how you guys are automating all of these processes? Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe the best thing to do is to cage it in a real life example use case. So we get a little bit of the the non-techie what's really going on and then I'll jump into and how did all that happen behind the scenes. So let's say you have a consumer packaged goods company, right? They sell a, a, a drink or a household item that you have in your house. or And then you have a retailer, which is where consumers buy those items. So the CBG company doesn't sell direct. And so these two companies have a really interesting symbiotic relationship, right? The CPG company wants to sell more of their product. To do that means they have to work with the retailer who sells that product to get the right data to know what do we have to do to sell more product and how can we enact that? And so both sides are aligned, but at the same time, of course, neither the retailer or the CPG is just going to ship the other one all of their data and say, please help me. And in this fictitious example, the CPG company may have their CRM data sitting in, say, one public cloud, be it uh, Google, and then maybe the retailer has all of their data in maybe something like Snowflake. And they say, hey, we want to put these things together to do some propensity modeling. And then we want to use that model and score some new ID spine list we have access to. But we want to do this without one or the other ever getting access to our actual data. We're just all okay with the insights that come out. And in this case, what both parties are able to do is go into the software in either a no-code way, meaning you could just log into our UI and do this, or a low-code way if you want to connect to our APIs or use Jupyter Notebooks, whatever it may be. And you would go and provision a connection to your data where it lives. That connection would allow us to read the, our software to read metadata. We don't actually ever need access to the data itself. We just need to understand what's there and what you're allowing uh, your partner to be able to have, to be able to leverage the power of. Same thing would happen on the partner side. And so now this software is able to connect to both sides. And then the, the both sides of the partnerships are able to put in what we call sort of questions or intelligence modules, which means, hey, if we were to execute this query and join it, it could answer this question. And here are the data sets that would be required where both parties are able to participate and approve that, that sort of end-to-end -end analysis. And then that analysis, that join, if you will, and the intelligence that that join can power becomes standard pieces, whether it be BI or beyond, and I'll get to beyond in a second, that now both business and technical users can log into and be looking at the reports they wanted, be it a chart or a graph, that can only be produced by joining the retailer's transaction data and the CPG CRM data, such that the insights come out, we can glean the insights without either party actually having to share the raw data. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. 
Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. You indicated the beyond and, and the future possibilities, and I know you and I talked about this uh, previously. Can you give us some insight into what you're seeing and where you expect the evolution of Habu to go and what you're excited about? Yeah, absolutely. The, at Habu, I have one of these rare opportunities where the future is now, meaning it's starting now. It'll have a decade of run, run to go. But again, we started with under the premise of hey, there's two data sets and they, they have a bunch of friction between them. And a lot of this came from a lot of the headlines dominating ad tech. Cookies are going away, JavaScript going away, browsers won't pay attention to cookies, et cetera. So we started in sort of reaction to those things, but the roadmap was always gonna get to, what if it's not just two data sets? What if one party has data and the other has an ML model? Or what if the other has code that could build a model? or code that could do some other type of enrichment. Can we put those things together? And this is one where the, the geek in me is, is elated that even though it was on our roadmap, our clients have pulled us there faster than I would have thought. And so this is up and running and live in very real, very large company use cases where you have that one company. We can pick up from the example of a CPG and a retailer, or you can think of an insurance company and a bank saying, hey, I have customer data. You have a model over there and we want inference to come out. And if inference comes out, we all can action on it, but I can't ship you this data and you can't ship me that model. I can't touch that model. You can't touch this data, but we're both okay with inference. Can we do that? And so that's where clean ML uh, is the name of our product was born where that same concept where these two things can never come together are able to be joined. Inference can come out and get written to the place where both parties are okay without those two things ever coming into place in a way that is accessible or tangible. And so that really opens the art of the possible here, such that anything that you can put on that one, one side, be it a model, be it anything you can put into a container, is now open. And what we're seeing is, again, as we started largely in response to some, hey, I used to have access to this data with a pixel, now I don't, can you fix it? Where our clients are quickly going is that's great and all, but actually some of these controls that you all built to deal with the cookie stuff are actually now solving problems that we've had for decades where I can't get that bank to give me this data because of what could happen. And I can't get that retailer to give me this data because what could happen. And these controls we have in place are now taking those no's and turning them into yeses. And that's the most exciting thing of where this is all going. Hearing you describe that the product clean ML fits really well into what we're talking about, the future possibilities of AI. And, and I think it's a really clear message to, to people in this field as to what you're doing. And it sounds exciting. I want to now switch my attention to the team behind it all, because obviously there's a lot of engineering, a lot of analytics and a lot of machine learning that, that is required to create such a product. Can you give us some insight into what it's like to be part of the team at Habu, current size, different roles involved and, and you know, what, what it's like day to day? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a bit of a unique animal in that there is a lot of folks who have worked together in the past at this, at this team. A lot of the team and a lot of the founding team were some of the founders and executive leaders at one of the original and leading industry 
data management platforms or DMPs called Crux Digital. Crux was acquired by Salesforce, I don't exactly remember the year, and a lot of the team went over to Salesforce with that acquisition. And so Matt Kilmartin, Mike Moreau, Ted Flanagan, a lot of the folks on our executive team were at Crux there and have seen this space grow up where data went from being all over the place and commoditized now down to being back to being precious and something that needs to be protected the way it should be. So in a lot of ways, there's aspects of what we're working on here that is a natural roadmap of where we've all spent our careers. We've all seen this coming and, and could have predicted this. We all agreed that a big company couldn't innovate fast enough to keep up with the demands here. And getting out on our own and doing a startup made all the sense in the world. In terms of sort of our makeup, we're, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, we, we got to be close to 80% product and tech. We're a little bit lighter on sales and marketing, although we're, we're beefing that up as well with the amount of validation and product market fit we have with phenomenal companies, we're, we're spinning that up. But at the heart of it, we're data and tech geeks. We geek out on large amounts of data and much more importantly, what the power of that data can do and what it can power and what outcomes it can create. Excellent. Matt, final question from me then. As you've been there on the journey and you've seen the organization grow quite rapidly and obviously with that, all of the successes, when you're speaking to prospective candidates who are interested in, in Habib, but also talking to many of the other great organizations out there, what is it that you tell them to get them excited about Habib over some of the other interesting opportunities out there? Yeah, the thing that is frankly, a little mind boggling is that the space that we're in is considered very new, albeit exploding. The amount of coverage it's getting in all sorts of press outlets is amazing, but it is very new. At the same time, the types of clients and the types of executive sponsors within those clients and the types of use cases we're getting after are as mature as could be. Even though it's a brand new space, these are Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies and more who are, are realizing that this type of technology is now going to open them, open up access to data sets that they have long assumed were 100% off limits due to you know com competitive and governance and protective reasons. And so the first uses of our software are as enterprise level as it gets. And so uh, it is the, it's the most fun trial by fire because when we build tech, we know it's gonna get used at enterprise level scale the next day. And the use cases that uh, our clients are thinking of to push us on are frankly beyond what, what we even come up with on our own. And, and that is an exciting space. Our clients will always innovate better than we can. I'm happy to let them uh, continue to pull us where we should go. Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today and talking to us, sharing your own journey, but more importantly, telling us all about Habu. It really sounds fascinating. The, the product Clean ML is clearly in high demand and only going to grow. Um, and it sounds like you guys have, have got a really good team there. It really speaks volumes when a lot of the early team are people who've worked together before, which is always a great sign. So Matt, thank you again for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. 
We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.